Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube. We're a gaming podcast and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. And for the 100th time, I am Christian. And I'm Chris. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome back everybody to this exciting episode here. We are celebrating our 100th episode. Oh boy. And actually this is not just the 100th episode. This is the 100th week straight. That's right. We have not missed a week with Glitch Cube and that is a point of pride with us and we absolutely are stoked on that. Now for today's episode, what we're going to be doing is we have some questions gathered from the audience. Thank you, audience. We appreciate you so much for these lovely, lovely questions. We're going to be talking about some memories. We're just going to be having a nice little celebration discussion chat here. But oh my God, what a crazy thing. And first off, before we dive into any real questions or anything else, I just want to say, we did it, Chris. Like, holy shit. It's crazy. <laughs> we we actually kept this thing going for just about two years now. Like, we're creeping up. We're coming up on our second birthday, which is pretty nuts. And it's weird to think that we started this in 2020. Mm-hmm. Gosh. I so almost crazy. feel like I, it was before 2020. Like, sometimes I sit there and I'm like, damn, we've been doing this before the pandemic. And I'm like, no, I remember we started in the pandemic now. Like... It feels so long ago. Like, I, I don't want to say 2020 feels far away because it really doesn't, but like 2019 feels like a decade ago. Mm-hmm. A lot has definitely happened in these last couple of years. And I feel like we've been doing this for a lot longer than the couple of years because we talked about this for so long. Like, we probably started chatting about there, floating the idea out there of doing a podcast since 2019. Mm hmm. And one of those things that kept happening for us, and I'm sure this happens to quite a few people out there, and if there's anyone who wants to start a podcast, take this to heart. It's okay to fail. It's okay to have not the greatest product out there. But what you need to do is just keep persevering, keep pushing through, and just keep trying to make your product better and better with each episode. And that's exactly what we did. Eventually, we got to the point where we said, fuck it <laughs> we're posting we gave ourselves a hard date where it's like no matter what we're posting this first episode and we're just gonna make it happen we're just gonna put it out there and any tweaks changes adjustments we're gonna do them on a week-by-week basis and i feel like we have gone very very far with our show over these last couple of years it has it has definitely changed quite a bit and actually, I think that is a good little segue there to one of our first questions from our lovely, lovely friends, the Genre Geeks. And if you guys have not checked out their show, please do. We actually have an episode with them uh, talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That was a lot, a lot of fun. There's supposed to be a part two, but due to some scheduling issues on both sides, uh, we failed. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay, because, you know, it doesn't really matter. We're gonna, we're all gonna meet up eventually some other time. But one of the questions that they sent to us is, what has changed the most from episode one to 100? And I think that's such a great question, especially since I, I don't know about you, but I always started listening back to some of our very early episodes these last couple of weeks mm-hmm. in preparation of this. And oh man, did things change? Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> Not just the audio quality. Like, first of all, audio quality. Let me talk about that real quick. That little spiel I have. 
So when we first started doing this podcast, I didn't know anything about audio. I didn't know how to edit it. I didn't know anything about microphones. None of that shit. None of it. And I just kept tinkering and plugging away until I found out how to actually make this thing work. And in that process, I went through five microphones that were actually recorded in episodes, but I actually went through seven microphones in the back behind the scenes, <laughs> and two of them never made it to the air, <laughs> which is pretty funny. So in a couple of years, I went through five mics to finally find this one, which I actually feel fits my voice pretty well, and I'm very happy with this microphone. But yeah, that's one of the big things that I feel has changed. What do you feel has changed between episode one and 100? Uh, well, other than the audio quality, wow, audio quality. Um, and our professionalism, obviously. Definitely the way we carry ourselves, I think, in the mm. conversation. Um, in the beginning, you can kind of hear, like, I don't want to say our, our voice sounded weak, but we just sounded like, you know, we're like, a person just starting out, you know, like I would say like the first 20 episodes, I was kind of like just quickly going through them. And I'm like the, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, not pride, but the um, passion, I guess, mm. you know, in the beginning, like I, like I was passionate about it, but it wasn't until we reached certain episodes that I know we'll talk about in a little bit for other questions that's when it really kicked in for me, you know? And like, I, in the beginning, it was just so new. Like I didn't really do anything like this before. Like I streamed a little bit on Twitch. Um, so mm -hmm. I kind of understood the whole, you know, talking to like a screen in front of me, you know, like just kind of the same thing. And I did some kind of like video stuff, but I never really had too much experience before that. So this was so weird for me. And my social anxiety on top of it. And I just don't like to talk. So like mm -hmm. this thing, like I can see myself change throughout all these episodes. And I mean, it's crazy. You know, I feel like I don't want to say our topics got tighter either since the beginning. Cause we had some pretty tight topics in the beginning too. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. Like deep down, I really think like the biggest thing that changes, well, really the audio. I mean, especially for me, I feel like my audio changed a lot, but yeah. Um, or it might just be your beautiful skills with the audio editing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I, I feel like it's, uh, we have a different confidence level now when we're talking on the mic and we, I, after the, uh, after all these years, I feel like we really understand each other's uh, thought process, mm -hmm. right? And where, we can hear each other's downtime and we know when is the right time to cut in. And of course, you know, there's moments where we talk over each other, but they're minimal, right? Whereas before I felt like we were waiting to know a hundred percent that the other person was done with what they were saying before we jumped in. And in some of those early episodes, you can really hear us think, <laughs> which I think yeah. is really funny where like it's mid sentence and it's like, uh, huh? And then like dead silence and then come back. And I feel like we've gotten a lot better with that. And actually one of my big uh, accomplishments I feel from episode one to 100 is that I was a mumbler and I was terrified at public speaking before doing this. 
I, unlike you, I didn't do any like Twitch or anything like that, any video format, nothing to like really get my voice out there. Mm-hmm. The only thing I ever posted was art on occasion. And even then it was really like not not frequent. It was it was very rare that I actually did. And now I don't mumble in public <laughs> unless I'm really tired. And even my family has spoken about how well I can talk now, which I think is really funny and really weird because I was I was that guy that would just every everything I said, you wouldn't know. I, I was always under my breath and I never fully opened my mouth to actually articulate the words that I wanted to say or felt strongly enough to have my message be delivered or anyone gave a shit about what I was actually trying to say. And it felt like that Mitch Hedberg joke where like he was a perpetual mumbler as well. And he mentioned the fact that like, oh, he fucking hates mumbling and he wishes he can get over it because every time he has a conversation with somebody on the street or somebody he's walking with, like they just keep saying like, what'd you say? And then you repeat it. They're like, wait, 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 hang on. I didn't hear you say it again. And then eventually Mm. you end up saying like, man, that's a really fucking cool tree over there. (laughs) Right? Like, (laughs) Like just really stupid stuff. So getting over that was a huge thing for me. And I mean, talking about social anxieties, I still have them, but I feel like I can put on my podcast persona for a moment. And not to say that this isn't the genuine me, this really is me. I'm not putting on an act when I'm on the show, but there's an exaggeration of confidence that I feel like I can bring out even or bring out more now in my day-to-day life, which I feel has definitely benefited me greatly. I mean, hell, it got me a new job too, so... We're going to hop into another question from John or Geeks. Thank you again so much for these questions. And they did say, congrats, you guys. Thank you so much for the congratulations. We really appreciate all the support from everybody. Uh, but how has podcasting affected your real life? Now, I think this is a really interesting question because we have put a lot of time into this show. And we record on a weekly basis to make sure that the, co- the show comes out every Monday. And I feel like we've done a lot of crazy scheduling and there's been some recordings in which it was like down to the wire last minute to make sure we actually made it on time. But besides that, I don't feel like it's really affected personal life too, too much, except for what I said about, you know, the whole confidence issue or confidence issues and overcoming that. I think I guess that would be something really major to go with this question as well. But what what about you? How has this changed your day to day life? Uh, it's definitely made me more comfortable with talking, uh, especially like over like say virtual like Zoom and stuff. Uh, I mean, I feel like Zoom wasn't really a thing before we did this podcast, at least not yet. Um, it's true, but it it made it a lot easier to talk through this it's i'm weird okay for me the longest time growing up i hated talking to people in real life i felt like i couldn't keep a conversation you know and then i don't know where it kind of came to me i still will not approach somebody but if someone talks to me i'll talk their ear off right Mm -hmm. well then we come to virtual talking and for some reason I was like, now I feel like I'm bugging people online, just like how I did in real life and mm. doing this show. It, it kind of made it more comfortable for me to really just kind of talk. 
and it i guess the confidence boost you know like for me it it's just nice being able to converse with people that have the same interests and i think for me in real life that was hard for me to find because mm. i went to a few game meetups and it was just a bunch of overwatch players or you know like Warzone players and i'm like man i want to talk to people that like other kind of games you know and this show is like either through listeners or people that just interact with our pages like have been so cool and i love it and i feel like i don't know i'm really glad i did this like for many different reasons i feel like i've grown but i think the confidence boost like you were saying like that's like the one thing that's really advanced the farthest for me and i think Mm -hmm. the other thing is not missing a week like holding myself to something like this for so long i don't want to say it's an accomplishment because that sounds bad but i hey you got to celebrate your tiny victories yeah I, i mean I don't give up on things pretty easily, but usually after a while I'll be like, okay, well, I won't take it as seriously. I'll focus on a new project. Like my brain thinks of so many projects, I'll start dumping my old ones. And for a while I was afraid that was going to happen to this. Like when we started gray, I was like, are we just going to kind of like put glitch on the back burner? But I feel like it's almost the opposite. Like I feel like Mm -hmm. glitch has always been very strong. It's been very, forward and it's like motivated me in other ways in life you know like it has made me more serious about things i start and like i have a few projects i'm working on right now and i can honestly say ever since doing this show it's helped me get through the tough times to the point where i'm like i know i can do this if i've been able to you know help out with a show for almost two years like i can easily handle this project and right it it feels good like it i never really thought i'd be thinking about how it really helps like that but it really does but what (laughs) about you well i i would say that there's a couple big things that we didn't mention uh, yet. And I know you have one really huge thing that's happened and changed since episode one and 100. For me, it's small in comparison to what you have going on right now, (laughs) but I have a new job going (laughs) Right. Yeah. I, I have a new job now and a job that I absolutely love. And we started a whole nother show. Like you mentioned, we started the murder of gray podcast as well. And at first I thought glitch was daunting and I thought we were crazy to even, you know, think that we can do a second show on top of this one, but it's just been so much fun doing both of these shows and starting like really, really starting the cube first, something that we've been talking about for so long. And now we have two shows on our, under our belt. Like it, it's kind of amazing, but you have, a new addition to your family, man. Like that's a huge change right there. We got baby now. Like that's awesome. <laughs> and that's a huge, huge change right there. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, that was another thing too. I was like, Oh man, like once this baby comes in, I won't really have time to, you know, focus on any of this, but it, 
maybe it's not daunting yet. Maybe when she gets older, it might be a little bit more of a struggle, but it's not that hard, you know, like being able to carve time to work on these projects with the baby. It's, it's not that bad. It's not as scary, you know? I mean, it's not as easy as before mm-hmm. where, you know, I just be like, Oh, well, I'm just going to read about this game for 12 hours or list, watch videos, you know, and get some mm-hmm. research done. So, I mean, it, it has been a little bit of a struggle in that Avenue, but yeah, it's crazy. Just in the span of all this time, like that's happened. And there's like even more issues I haven't talked about yet. Cause it just kind of popped up, but I mean, there might mm. be the awful chance of having the move, but oh, no. hopefully that's not soon. Um, but you know what? The show will go on and yeah. you know, I feel like if I can handle working on this with a baby, I got this. It's easy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we will definitely make this work and continue on because we don't have plans on slowing down. We actually have plans of ramping up in the future mm-hmm. and going even crazier. So just be on the lookout for that. We we're we're doing better with social media. We suck, <laughs> but we're definitely we're we're getting better at it. And we have a lot of huge things that we want to bring to you guys. Uh, even more stuff, which means more work for us. Yeah, but if you love what you do, then it's just fun. And that's one of these things like this podcast has never stopped being fun for me. This has mm-hmm. just been a blast all the way through. It's never felt like a chore. It's never felt like, oh shit, I have to do this tonight. It's just, it's always felt good. It's, it's nice. It's like free therapy, right? Like you get to focus on something you love for a, like a whole week and then talk about it. It's just, it's nice. I, I love it. So before we start diving into some more of our listener questions, I wanted to go over some favorite episodes because I think that would be a fun thing to do right now. And actually, one of my first favorite episodes that I really want to bring up was one of the episodes that we recorded the earliest, but came out probably almost one of the latest. (laughs) (laughs) it, It really didn't come out until recently. And that is The Great Debate. Uh, gameplay versus story we actually recorded that probably i think that was our first recording it was either our first or second recording it was very very early on and like we we lost that recording it was just gone i i i couldn't salvage it at all it was crap it was during the time when we were recording both of our tracks over each other so any editing was just no thank you not gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) so it just it completely died on us and it was always one of those episodes that kind of lived in the back of our minds like we really need to get back and do that one but we felt like we did it already so why are we going to do it again and we finally just you know said screw it we're going to do it and it came out in episode 71 instead of being episode two like it was supposed to be and it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. I feel like it was a much better time for it because our pacing was much different. And we mm-hmm. understood how to properly engage in an argument as a discussion 
instead of like it, the during the first rendition of it, it was pretty rough. I had like a chocobo timer that would go off every five minutes to you know move on to the <laughs> next <laughs> thing. Yeah, it was it was really bad. I remember the first time like you heard because I played the timer the microphone, mm-hmm. and as soon as it went off the first time, you're like, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's your timer running out." Because <laughs> I didn't tell you beforehand <laughs> that I did that, huh. and it was just it was it was bad. It was just a mess all the way around. We like we set five minute timers and we didn't know how to pace ourselves. So it was a lot of one minute of rushing through speech and trying to get to our point, And then four minutes of just kind of rambling and repeating what we said before that, which is one of the big things that we have strived to not do. And we understand if you need to cut an episode early so that you don't keep repeating yourself, we just do it, which is yeah. nice. <laughs> I think that's one of the big things that we've learned and like, it, it, I don't know, there's something good about the fact that we waited to redo it, I think. And I think it gave it a much better, I guess, a uh, much better light than what it would have. Because I feel like that episode would have just got lost in time, especially with what was coming out around it. It just, it wouldn't, it wouldn't last anymore. It, when we first recorded it, I felt like maybe we didn't know how to really like handle our sides as well mm-hmm. and i like i remember that episode and i remember thinking afterwards like hmm, that was okay kind of glad it's over with you know and then when you told mm-hmm. me like oh man this didn't work out i was kind of sitting there like maybe it happened for a reason you know maybe one day we'll go back to it and then yeah. i mean after a while i totally forgot about it until you brought it up and like you're like oh let's let's redo this episode and i was like okay i, I feel more confident in it now you know like it's it's interesting because i remember that was like the second episode and like from going from like you know the depression episode to like having a debate it was like whoa like this is kind of weird and kind of different because it's not like you know we're like yelling with anger at each other over our debate topics but like it was just it was so weird that i'm i'm really glad we redid it because i felt like we did it at the best time we could right yeah and uh, during that time we were already recording gray so i felt like we had a different kind of mindset because gray is such a different show uh, with being with moral ethical dilemmas, I feel like that whole show is a constant debate. And it's it's nice to have that in our back burner. Like, I think we were about 25 episodes in at that point when we finally revisited this. So we had a lot of experience going into it um, at, at that point. That At that point, we actually were 100 episodes deep across both shows. So, like, we had we had that rapport with each other and knowing how to actually articulate our responses to put forth interesting arguments, but still make it feel like a discussion rather than just a back and forth, which I think was the big issue from the original one. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's hop into another fan question. Uh, thank you so much from the glass studios. Uh, they asked us, what is your favorite memory from recording? Why don't you start off with that one? What do you think? What is your favorite memory from recording? I want to... Is it cool if I say something from the gray? Yeah, I mean, just as recording, and that's part right. of our whole thing, so yeah. Um, I think it's also because it, it is the first episode of the gray. Um, 
and how we just kind of like we asked these really like dark questions and we just kind of were goofing around having a fun time and Mm -hmm. to me it really sticks out because it's like you know we were doing so many different things with glitch that jumping into a whole new podcast it 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 was like a i don't say a breath of fresh air but it was like it was just fun being kind of goofy over such dark undertones that the reason why I hold that episode so like dear to me is that I felt kind of like what you were just talking about. It, it changed my perspective for the rest of glitch cube, you know, cause in the beginning I was like, Oh, I want to keep things kind of serious. So I just want to like stick to the mm-hmm. facts. And then after that, I just, I don't know. Like it, it's definitely. It reminded us that we can still be human. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. it, We don't have to just have outlines and facts and statistics in front of us and spout out dates and things like that. Because nine times out of 10, the people are listening. I know this happens with me too. When I'm listening to other gaming podcasts, those dates and things like that kind of just go away (laughs) and they wash over me. Where he's like, that's nice, right? Like, it, it, it's in there. Like, I absorb that knowledge. And it's really nice to hear because it makes you sound more credible with whatever you're saying. But at the same time, it doesn't sound like a conversation anymore. And I feel like that's probably one of the most important things to have in a podcast is to make it feel like the listener is in the room with you. They need to be there like a fly on the wall and feel like they're actually sitting at the table with you having a discussion. So giving you you that or making it so that you have that like human element to the way you talk. And I feel like the gray really brought that back for us was that that we can be fallible. We can just kind of be goofy for a moment and let off some steam with the gray and then come back to glitch and really have those hard hitting moments and then also come back with like something goofy and lighthearted as you naturally would in a conversation. So I think that's a really important aspect to, I mean, the great and what it was able to contribute to glitch cube. I, uh, I was thinking about some glitch, like my favorite moment and granted this was a whole episode was a favorite moment, but, uh, when we did the quiet year, oh, um, that was so much fun. I, it was funny because when you first introduced it to me, you're like, oh, it's, you know, it's tabletop car. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know if I really want to introduce like playing like something like that on this show just because it'd be so like left field. But once we did it, I was like, this is so cool because it's like, you know, world building. It's so interesting, but it's not like statistically daunting where we're throwing Mm -hmm. too much stats at you in the world like we're just like we're painting a picture for you here's an actual image of the map boom like here's Mm -hmm. how we're building our world and i loved it like it it was so much fun like at first i was like oh god this is gonna be such a long like series it's gonna go on forever and i mean yeah the episodes were long but it's like i really loved every minute of it like it was it felt cool being creative and Mm -hmm. i could say the same things for like the make a game episodes like i love those are like my favorite parts i would say like so much fun being creative like on like on the fly basically 
You know, like it, it's fun being put on the spot to think of something and try and make it work. Like that to me is like my favorite, like times or parts of the show. Mm-hmm. Th- those are so much fun because it allows us to be improvers for a moment. Mm-hmm. And it's so crazy. So like with them, we make a game series just so everybody knows we don't vet anything beforehand. Mm-hmm. None of that stuff is vetted at all. It's all legit right then and there in the recording. And for the last couple we make a games, there was no editing to those episodes. And actually, there's a lot of episodes that we do now that don't have editing to them. And I think that kind of leads into my favorite moment in all of our recordings was that I don't remember what episode it was, and I really wish I did, but it was the very first time when we were talking and we were getting kind of close to ending the episode, but it was still kind of creeping up. Like we usually try and hit the 45 minute marker and we were floating around like 38 and without having to say anything, without having to take a break and then cut that out later, we just free flowed right into the ending and it was just perfectly, it felt natural, felt right. And at the end of the recording, once we hit stop, both of us were like, man, that was good, <laughs> right? Like it was, it just felt good to just know on both sides without actually having to be in the same room with each other. No visual cues telling us that, hey, I think this might be a good time to end it. We just both naturally knew like, this is a good point. And after we both acknowledged that, it started happening more and more in the episodes. And I I love that. I love that like synergy that we had there and we still have it. So it's, it's really cool to see in my opinion, because it also, it does make editing a lot easier. The fact that we're able to just go into these things. I think there's only been like in the early episodes, probably the first 20, there was a shit ton of cuts. Oh yeah. <laughs> there was so much dead air that I had to cut. It was kind of insane. And now there's very rarely any time that I have to cut. It might be like two or three seconds or like an airplane noise, right? Or one of us has to run away real quick to, you know, go walk, take care of the dog, go use the bathroom or whatever it may be. But those are really the only cuts from the recording. So what you're hearing on probably 90% of the episodes is right from when we hit record to right when we hit stop nonstop here you go this is the episode 40 to 45 minutes of the conversation and right and the fact that we're able to i feel properly convey our message within that time frame in a very like understandable and like flowing way i think is really fun and impressive and i think that's my my big favorite thing from these episodes or from recording in general yeah those long stretches of dead air like kind of painful to listen to now but (laughs) You know, at the same time, it's kind of like, for me, I almost like when a podcast doesn't have too much editing. Like, Mm -hmm. this is really weird, but sometimes when people are talking, and I I hear this in other podcasts too, and it's like, just randomly, they'll kind of like clear their throat. But it's like, like that, like in a way where it's like, it kind of stands out. But it almost it adds kind of like a human side to it like as if like mm-hmm. you're actually there talking to them you know like i've i've listened to some shows or on youtube people just heavily edit or it'll just cut that whole out or any kind of silence just gets cut straight to the next like sentence and 
I like that little like breath of air before the mm-hmm. next like sound bit. Like it's it's weird, and I love how nowadays it's just like we can really feed that silence without having to like either fill it in or we pick up on each other. Like it's nice. Right. Well, that I mean, that's the whole reason why we have commas and periods in the written language. You need those pauses and breaks. Yeah. It's not just for, you know, for aesthetic reasons or proper grammar. You it, sure? It, well, I mean, I guess it can. They do look nice. Is. They do look nice. I do like those little curvy lines. That's super cool. But <laughs> but they they allow you to take a break and absorb in the information. So knowing when to take a break, when to pause for dramatic effects, right? Like it's it does help. And I feel like that's something that we've definitely gotten better at. And that kind of leads me into the the episode that I feel really pushed us in that direction. And really, or at least for me, like I felt like that is where I learned how to tell a story. And I learned how to tell a story, in my opinion, pretty well. I, I really enjoyed this episode. And that was uh, episode 46, the Tamagotchi episode. I mm, love that mm-hmm. episode so much. And I feel like we were able to tell the whole history in a very compelling way. And make it where it wasn't just us spouting like, oh, in and this year the Tamagotchi came out and it was made of plastic and it had four screws. It took one battery, you know, like it wasn't just boring shit that like (laughs) nobody cares about. Like we were able to weave the history about the Tamagotchi, about the creator, what, you know, troubles she went through and how she didn't get recognition for it. And then the whole backstory behind Tamagotchis. That's right. There's a backstory to Tamagotchis. And if you want to hear it, it's on episode 46. Go check it out. It's a really fun one. But that allowed us to learn how to pace ourselves and how to weave history into a story-like format. And I, I think that one really set a pace for us, uh, in, in my opinion, at least. Because it shows through whenever we start doing other like deep dives into specific games or uh, specific uh, companies, right? Like they, we were able to then weave their stories or weave their history in a story-like manner which I find much more interesting and, and easier to listen to for everybody. Even if you're a non-gamer, people will enjoy that. The Tamagotchi episode was special. I remember how excited you were on researching that episode. <laughs> and it was... I, I did a lot of research. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, when you, when we thought of the topic, I was like, this is interesting. Like, I'm, curious to see what you have planned for it because it was all your idea you know like it was it was interesting seeing like okay like let's i never knew anything about it so i was really curious about it and just the amount of like detail you went into that episode i was like damn like that was good you know like it was it was interesting and i loved learning about it because it was like something so different you know like i don't know that the amount of work you put into researching an episode kind of like inspired me to like really dive into the research on like some of the other topics we've had. And it's just, damn, that was a good episode. It was a lot of fun. And what's funny when I originally pitched that episode, I knew nothing about Tamagotchi. I played (laughs) it. (laughs) That's about it. I didn't know there was that rich of a history behind it. And I think that got me excited about these things where even the most mundane topic can be very interesting. If, if you do enough research 
or you know how to weave the story properly. And I think that also really helped out with the gray. Sometimes we deal with topics that are a little light on the information, but you have to fill that time. You have to make it interesting. You have to make it compelling. So how do you do that? You use your storytelling tools. And I think Tamagashi episode really gave us those tools and the confidence to be able to deliver episodes like that on very specific topics where we're not afraid to just dive into one thing, right? And because before we were talking, anytime we brought up a topic, we're like, okay, well, we need three to five games to fill up the time so that we make sure that we, you know, it's not too short in an episode or whatever it may be. But now we'll just say like, okay, we're only talking about this. Like we got one thing. Here we Mm -hmm. go, 40 minutes, let's go, right? And we're able to actually do that now. And I feel that is due to the Tamagotchi episode, definitely. Yeah, if you look back at the episodes before it, like I was just looking at, you can definitely see how the episodes are more open-ended, you know, versus that where it's very like narrow and you can really hone in on it. And that... That was something I always was interested in with episodes because sometimes I'll listen to shows or watch a video and it gets too broad. You know, mm-hmm. like if, if someone's telling me like, here is the the history on, mm, on Mario. Well, that's a horrible idea because it's so <laughs> big. But, you know, <laughs> something small okay, here's the history of Tom and Jerry, you know, like we're going to think like, okay, like I want to know like how it started, what it was like when it was big and how it ended, you know, but then some people get into it where they have to like, well, here's these other cartoons. that was all this. And I'm like, no, I want it like straight to the fact, you know? And I feel like Mm -hmm. from that episode, if you look at a lot of the ones after, like, yeah, we did focus on more tight, topics to put it briefly Mm. yeah i i think that is a perfect little segue into the our little mini series that we started to do and i i feel like they started actually with pride pride was one Mm. of the first times in which we decided to do like multiple episodes pertaining to a specific topic and i think that was I mean, that really like fed into our game mechanic series, our elements series, our games from around the world series. Like it, it allowed us to think about things in a broader scope, but still find ways to zero in on something specific, which was, I mean, really interesting in my opinion. And like, I think it all started with uh, social xenophobia. Mm-hmm. And kind of diving into that topic. I mean, of course, we can go back to episode two, which is, I mean, without episode two, we wouldn't be here. That one really set the pace for us. That's the depression episode. I mean, technically, it's episode one. Episode two, no, yeah, episode one is just us explaining what Glitch Cube is and kind of like that thing. That's how we did it. But the very first real episode we put out was on depression. And I feel like that really set a tone for us in which social xenophobia came from that. And that episode, I feel like, was such a strong one for us because it was one of the first times that we dug into just an idea, and it wasn't even a gaming idea. Like, we were able to pull something from non-gaming culture and relate it back to gaming in a very interesting manner. And I think that's, I mean, that was huge. And that was all thanks to us kind of branching out into Pride. And that led to having our first guest on the show, actually, which was Freya Love. Freya Love is an amazing human being 
who was on the Queens of Adventure podcast, and if anybody likes D&D podcasts or actual play podcasts, uh, the Queens of Adventure is great. It's no longer being recorded, I believe. I think that they did Legends for a little bit, but it's Dungeons and Dragons and Drag Queens. I mean, how can you go wrong? It's super funny. It's a bunch of drag queens that didn't know how to play D&D beforehand, playing D&D in a very grand adventure, and you can just imagine the crazy things that they get into. But having Freya on the show was a lot of fun. And we actually had her on Grey as well, which was a blast. And mm-hmm. just kind of having her, you know, go across both of our shows that way. And definitely do you want to ask her to come back again? Because I know a lot of things have changed in her life. So Freya, thank you so much for, you know, being a part of the show and being on it with us and taking time out of your days to join us and have a little conversation. Really appreciate that. But yeah, the the I do want to talk a little bit about the series episodes. I mean, I guess you can say that we make a games are a part of like a little mini series that we have, but it's ongoing. But like yeah. the the big one I think for us was the game mechanic series. Like that was that was a lot of fun, and we had a lot of positive response from the listeners as well with the, those episodes. And talk about like diving into one specific topic. Like we dove in hard for those guys. And it was it was a lot of fun. And actually, it led to us opening up the website and writing or starting to write blog posts <laughs> about about some of those episodes. Definitely have to get back into that because that was a lot of fun doing it after recording them. But it just kind of showed more of our research abilities. The fact that we can we can dive into a singular topic, something really simple as you know, like death in a video game, and make it a a topic that you can talk about for 40 plus minutes and keep it interesting that whole time. So that was a lot of fun. And I really enjoy the, whenever we dive into series. Yeah. It's, it's interesting looking back and like how pride was kind of the start of it all. And then it was the social xenophobia right after. And it's like, after those two episodes, I was like, I think that's when I found my groove. I guess you Mm -hmm. could say like, it just felt, I don't know, it clicked, you know, like the puzzle piece piece went into the right spot. Boom. Like it's, it's on. And Mm -hmm. looking at it, like that was episode 35, you know, and then you go through the next one. So like after, after that, you know, game culture and then go straight into the game mechanics. And it's like, it, it was just strong, you know, like it, it was, it slapped, you know, like there was a bunch, an episode, a banger after a banger, I guess you could say. And that really like, I don't know, made me happy, you know, like doing these series, it, it feels like we're doing a lot of research, but at the same time, it's like when it's cut down to one episode, it doesn't feel daunting. And mm-hmm. when we like kind of first started this something I always had in my mind was like oh I want to do like deep dives on like uh publishers and developer houses and stuff like that and I always sat there and thought damn that'd be a lot to like sit down and do a lot of research on and I just was like yeah that'd be too much for an episode and then we started doing these deep dives into mechanics and even games sometimes and I'm like damn, we should go back and do that. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. I, I really like how we get our information in and it's just, it's been a lot of fun doing that. Like I, I have ideas for the future of some other game series that we have not discussed yet. So I'm mm-hmm. actually really, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited to see where that goes because I got some very left field ideas. Yeah, our, our deep dive episodes are a lot of fun. And if you think about it, over the span of 100 episodes, we've only done four deep dive games. Yeah. Where we specifically talked about the games in general. And that was Disco Elysium, Legend of Dragoon, uh, Citizen Sleeper, and Eastward, mm-hmm. which are all fucking fantastic games. Like, it's been a lot of fun. And who knows? Like, we might have another one coming up here pretty soon because I know we've both been playing a lot of games lately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like I'm going through like a gaming renaissance, which is a lot of fun. So it, I'm pretty excited to see what comes out from the next deep dive and how we can take the tools and lessons that we've learned throughout these episodes and bring them into those and see how we can make them just that much better, which I think would be awesome. All right. So we got a couple more questions here from listeners. So from Says the Machine, who is actually so crazy. So this guy, he he found me through Glitch Cube. And he was a good friend of mine from when I lived in San Diego originally and when I was like between the ages of like five and nine. Damn. And we haven't talked to each other since I left when I was nine years old. And he just found me again. So it's super cool. But uh, he's got a couple questions for us. So, hey, Michael, thank you so much for being a fan. Love you. Um, so <laughs> what is your go-to game for Peaceful Time Pass? Do you have a go-to game where you just kind of want to pass the time real quick? Because I have one, and I think it's kind of a dumb one. But I don't know. I I guess I have two. Like, one in which I just kind of have, like, oh, I got, like, five minutes to kill. Let me just, you know, chill out and play this real quick. That's Pokemon Go. Like, I keep it on my phone at all Mm -hmm. times just to Mm -hmm. see what's around me real quick. Um, But one game that I consistently go back to uh, just for nostalgia, for feels, to see what else I can get from it in the different point in my life. Um, that's Shadow of the Colossus. That's definitely a game that I continue to come back to. And every time I do, I'm happy I did. Because it feels like a different game every time I play it because of where I am in my life at that moment. And it kind of reminds me of that, um, what's that movie with Adam Sandler, Rain Over Me? Mm-hmm. where he just keeps playing that game over and over again but every time he does like it's like he sees it differently like i don't know like there's something to that and i, I think it's an amazing title for that but what about you uh i have really two uh depending on the timelines uh i would say recently uh vampire survivors has been my go-to relaxation i know it's not really a game you would think of relaxing because the <laughs> screen know, gets like, so cluttered <laughs> but just being able to like you know, just put your finger on the arrow keys and just walk. That's all you have to do, you know, like, or you're with a controller, you just have the stick, like you don't have, you can use one hand, right? So it's just, if I don't know what I want to play, don't know what I want to do, I'll just boot it up, start it, let my character walk around. And that's, I'm like, okay, I'm chilling now. I'm going to put something on, you know, my other screen. I'm going to relax. Like it's, weirdly relaxing to me because i'm not like sitting there like oh my god i need to cut through this like i'm you know it's it's weirdly cathartic to me um but as a game that i always used to go back to uh to just kind of unwind and relax uh ooh, damn there's been a lot um i would say 
probably Minecraft, actually. Mm. I know it sounds very typical for a lot of people, but no, you I know, thought about saying that too. Yeah. It it's always been something like, oh, I can play it with my wife, I can play it with my friends. Like it's just relaxing, you know? Like it's it's something that I always have installed. It's always ready to go. You know, I don't need mods to have fun with it. It's just you put on that music, you hear that piano hit, and you're like, I'm in another world. You know, it's just, it's nice. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, there's other games I can think about, but I don't even have those consoles hooked up, so I'm like, I don't play them for relaxation anymore, which is a bummer, but, yeah, yeah. Minecraft. Minecraft is definitely a special game. I mean, I play that game on a daily basis now because of work, <laughs> which I think is really funny. I, I barely played it before, but now I'm playing it every single day for a couple hours at least because I'm building all these crazy things for the kids to explore and play in. And I think that's what's making it really special for me is the seeing the kids react to the things that I build for them. And it's always been like, oh, my God, so cool. You know, like they're, they're excited and it's great because I have a bunch of six to 12 year olds playing Minecraft in a server that I made and all with all these creations that I get to come up with. And it's just been a lot of fun doing that. So, yeah. I'll see you on the Xbox. And I'm like, should I bug him? And I'm like, oh, he's probably at work. <laughs> hey, you should hop in and help me out. Cause that shit takes forever to make. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That'll be fun. <laughs> all right. So another question from says the machine is in your opinion, who is the best non protagonist final fantasy character and why? Hmm. I love this question. Even though my mind only goes to Final Fantasy IX for some reason. Yeah, same. I'm like, because I have I have three from nine now. Oh God! I, I like for me, I'm like nine just seems like the easiest to pick because I feel like the the non protagonist characters in eight were kind of whatever. They didn't have character. Ten. I mean, Lulu was hot, but that's about it. And then you got Seven. I mean, you have Biggs and Wedge, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, okay. Mine uh, and Nine, definitely Freya. Mm. Like, it it took me a minute to think about it. Because I'm like, there's a bunch of characters in there that I could think of. You know, like, the obvious choice, VB or... uh, I mean, yeah, VB. But um, it... With Freya's character, it was... I was pretty young when I played 9. I played it when it came out. And that character was just so dark. Mm-hmm. Like, their storyline is just depressing. And yeah. I remember as a kid, like, weirdly getting affected by the storyline for that character. And, I mean, I played dark stuff before that game when I was younger, but that character for some reason really like it hit me and i was like damn like this character has a lot of depth even though like i feel like looking at it now as i'm older like i feel like there's not a whole lot of character development compared to like what we see nowadays with that kind of stuff but that character was just special to me and Mm -hmm. it's weird because i never really used I guess it's like a dragoon class in Final Fantasy. I never used that kind of character before, but she was always in my party. Like, most of the game that I could. And to this day, I would still say, like, yeah, like, her character is just so interesting, which, I don't know. It, it To me, it just feels like something so left field. Like, I would pick a lot of other choices, but that memory of her like being by the gravestone. I'm like, damn, like 
yeah. still hits, you know? Yeah. What about you? Um, as far as like characters that you can play as that I would consider non-protagonist, BV, of course. I love yeah. BV. I mean, everybody does, but give me a short character and I'll probably fall in love with them. <laughs> and like their story is just so dramatic as well. I, I mean, everyone's story in Final Fantasy IX is very dramatic. Yeah. And, and, but I, I think that his playing that game whenever I did, it was during that like kind of weird time in your life where you don't really know where you fit in. And I, I feel like Vivi's storyline just really stuck with me so much that I absolutely loved it. But as far as non-playable characters, I, I'm kind of torn between two of them right now, and obviously both from Nine, uh, but it's Blank or Beatrix. And I love those characters so much. I, I think Blank has such a great Blank. story, even though it's so short. Like, he, he's the one that gets caught in stone oh, in, the, in the forest yeah. in the beginning. But like you can like I, I love the way get that they stone, set up the huh? story. Yeah, got it. get please four twenty. No, um, so <laughs> but I just love the like the like the brotherly like companionship between him and Zidane in the beginning, and it, they really did a great job of developing that story in such a short amount of time to show how tight they were as a, like a group of buddies and then he gets turned to stone very early on in the game spoiler alert i guess uh for a game that came out so long ago but it was such a heart-wrenching moment seeing that and the this was like that cutscene was fucking gorgeous when i first watched it i love the cgi in that game and it just hit me so hard watching him reach out and throw the the scroll at Zidane and having and seeing Zidane catch it while he's running full speed and all the crazy like plant bugs are like crawling through and the whole thing's fucking shaking and he's just caught real quick and slowly turn I dude such an amazing amazing moment but then you get a character like Beatrix who's just a total badass like talk about Kill Bill vibes with the eye patch and everything like that mm -hmm. and no matter what you do it's one of those bosses that even when you beat her you don't beat her right like it just shows how powerful she is where she's like you know what i'm good i'm just gonna keep going now but she has such a big heart the whole time where she really does feel for garnett and really wants to be by her side and protect her and doesn't believe what the queen is saying but has her own way of accomplishing her goals and i love that aspect where it's not just a blind general leading the blind right being led by a crazy person and just doing things because like they have an ulterior mo motive and their own agenda and i i love that aspect those little like hidden story tropes in that game i mean, final fantasy 9 is just a freaking fantastic title all the way through all those characters are fantastic but th those two really, really stuck out to me. And I mean, of course, can't forget Rat Kid. You know, he's great. <laughs> he's mm -hmm. such a little shitty character. But yeah, I would say those guys are definitely my standouts for this Final Fantasy series. And I would like to say thank you so much for everybody that did, you know, send in some questions for us. We really, really appreciate it. I want to say thank you so much for everyone that supports us, that has given us love over these years, because it's... It's all because of you guys that we keep doing this and that we feel that energy, that drive to want to keep recording more and more and give you guys more and more content. I mean, we haven't received a dime the entire time that we've been doing both these shows. And 
that's fine. It's been fun throughout. And it, even though this is like a part-time job, you know, and it's, it's still fun. That's, that's the best part about this. It's still fun. And I'm really excited to see what happens in the future. And I want to say thank you guys so much for joining us in this 100th episode celebration. This has been a great 100 episodes. And I just got to say cheers to 100 more. And I'm going to be stoked to keep recording with you, Chris. And this has been so much fun. And like, once again, like truly, truly, thank you so much for tagging along in this crazy adventure <laughs> and just, you know, being a part of this process because it's been a blast and I can't imagine doing this show with anybody else. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And really do appreciate it. I feel the same way. Like, um, I, I have no plans on wanting to leave. I I just want to keep doing this. I don't know forever. You know, like it's. Yeah. I'm real happy it no with more. it. Mm-hmm. You know, like it. I feel like a lot of people when a show goes this long, they get kind of like lost in what they want to do. But here I am thinking of like ten new ideas that I want for future episodes, and it's like it's easy doing this with you because you're not like combative with like ideas and stuff like Mm -hmm. some people i know when i like used to talk to them about subjects they would be like no you know they they just wouldn't work with it but it's like i don't know i really i love the time we put into this you know and i thank you for like going on this journey with me you know it's cool like it's it's been a lot of fun and i'm really excited for the future because there's just now that we've been doing this so long i feel like so many things are a lot clearer and i feel like they're achievable and i'm excited i'm i i'm i'm so stoked for what's coming it's gonna be a blast and it's gonna be a crazy ride but with that i think that's gonna do it for us this week thank you thank you thank you so much to everybody and thank you for allowing us to reach this milestone but with that that's gonna do it for us and we will talk to you guys next week with some more games and until then bye for now